This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to podcast by the Business Times, and this is the final in a four-part special about my column, the level ground and Singapore property. And do look out for my brand new podcast series, Property BT, where you get insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey, starting in March 2022. I'm your host, Leslie Yi. Sigh. COVID is still with us. Here in Singapore, we could not welcome the lunar year of the roaring tiger in a raucous way. When COVID-19 first started spreading widely in early 2020, many countries went into lockdowns and people were told to work from home. Working from home took some getting used to, but teething problems aside, many businesses, aided by technological tools available, have been able to carry on with their business activities. Business did not come to a standstill. As such, are office buildings heading for extinction? Possibly not. Office rents in Singapore rose 1.9% in 2021 after falling 8.5% in 2020. The 280-metre-tall Capita Spring at Raffles Place, which was completed late last year, saw 93% commitment for its office and retail space as at February 2022. I argued in a recent article in The Level Ground that physical offices can still be relevant for people to come together to co-create but that the office market in Singapore may increasingly be a tale of two cities. Top-grade offices may thrive, while poorer-grade buildings struggle. The rental gap between grade A and grade B offices in the CBD has been widening. Grade B rents are now around 19% lower than grade A rents in Q4 2021, versus a gap of around 12% in 2015, according to Collier's research. I expect high-quality offices to thrive, while others perish, because companies are in a war for talent. To attract talent in the wake of the pandemic, businesses seek to be in office spaces in good locations and near amenities. They want to offer workspaces that are spacious, clean, green, and boast high air quality. Rents may not be that huge a cost for many companies, so why not splurge somewhat to get the right office dicks? Let's hear from Wong Xian Yang, Head of Research Singapore at Cushman and Wakefield, who sees the market dynamics supporting a positive picture for the office market here. There are several tailwinds driving the Singapore office market. Future demand looks strong as the global economy continues to recover and regional uncertainties drive demand towards Singapore. Large tech companies continue to expand aggressively in terms of headcount and office footprints. Finance, another driver of office demand, also continues to grow. And despite the rise of hybrid work, we still see a strong demand to return to the office. Face-to-face meetings remain an important part of business and helps build relationships. That's a flight to quality, with many companies choosing to relocate to better quality offices to meet demands in the new normal. And finally, the supply situation looks tight with limited new supply of CBD grade A offices coming to the market. Over the next few years, the market will be largely undersupplied and this will support the uptrend in rents. Indeed, tech giants from both the US and China have set up operations with substantial presence here to tap opportunities in Southeast Asia. I think it is interesting that leading tech companies with strong info tech setups 
and workers who are tech-savvy appear to affirm the need for physical offices. Perhaps nothing beats knowing and interacting with colleagues in person to build winning teams and winning products. But there are industry players who are more sceptical about the demand for office space here. Let's hear from Christine Yu, CEO International Property Advisor. COVID has forced many corporations to adopt work-from-home practices extensively. Even as we treat the virus as an endemic and recall office workers back to the offices, I'm not sure if the overall demand for office space will return to pre-COVID levels. Already, we have seen many major banks and tech companies announcing to their colleagues and shareholders that they will adopt flexible workspace solutions and allowing their colleagues to work from home partially or totally. Any good CFO will be looking at reducing their overheads to improve on profitability. Savings or corporate real estate costs is substantial for MNCs if CFOs reduce their office footprint by 20%. That will increase Singapore's office vacancy from the current 12% to as high as 20% with a high chance of a decline in office rental rates. Another impact of the work-from-anywhere model for large corporations with global talent pool is that the global talent may not need to relocate to Singapore even if they were contracted to work for a Singapore-based entity. Thus, this new trend could spill over to reduce residential demand and consumer spend. Interesting points from Christine on how good CFOs may work to reduce real estate overheads and how jobs performed by being physically based in Singapore can potentially be performed from just about anywhere else. I think the challenge for office landlords on the issue of office rent being an expense is to convince businesses to see spending on office space as an investment. Just as you need a good manufacturing line to produce a good car, perhaps you need a good physical office for teams to generate great ideas, build a strong corporate culture, and project desired corporate branding. As for the dream some of us may have of doing a Singapore-based job from a beach in Bali, I think the answer lies with whether Singapore, because of its urban planning, infrastructure, amenities and various policies, can be a compelling place to live, work and play. Singapore is a high-cost place. It must offer value for buck. Having high-quality human talent work out of Singapore matters, as there are positive spillovers for residential property, malls, and providers of various goods and services. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. We are discussing the future of office buildings in Singapore. Clearly, hybrid working can reduce aggregate demand for office space. Thus, office landlords have their work cut out to ensure businesses find their offerings relevant. In competing for tenants, older buildings owned by landlords who do not want to spend to rejuvenate their buildings could suffer. But am I wrong to write off the prospects of older, possibly outdated office buildings that do not provide a great experience for the space users? Let's hear from Nicholas Mark of ERA Realty. It can be argued that the newer grade A offices in the CBD could benefit more when the restrictions are gradually eased and workers start to return to their office because these grade A offices have more modern features, they have more green space, better and newer air ventilation and filtration system. These offices can also attract tenants in the banking and financial industry as well as top companies in the technology 
and media industry which are willing and able to pay the higher rents. However, grade B and C officers as well as those outside the CBD could also gain when the restrictions are gradually eased because the tenants of these officers are usually the SMEs or they are led by bosses with SME mentalities. Some of these bosses see workers merely as replaceable units of labour. They have little regards for the health and well-being and safety concerns of the workers and they feel that they want to see the workers back in the office because they simply don't trust the workers thinking that if the workers are working from home, they don't see the workers, they're not sure if the workers are really working. Some of these bosses are already demanding even last year that the workers start to go back to the office even when the government's guideline is that only about half of the workers should be working in the office while the other half should be working from home. I believe that when the restrictions are further eased, these bosses would want almost all their workers to return to the office even before the government eases restrictions fully. So it is not just a grade A office space, but also these are the grade B and C office space that are rented out to such companies. They will also benefit from the easing of the pandemic restrictions. Indeed, some bosses like to have staff physically present in the office and cannot rid themselves of notions of staff idling away while working from home. This can be a powerful reason why staff will be requested or in fact instructed to work in the office. Luckily, I've not given away all my office clothes to the Salvation Army and hopefully I've not become too used to the idea of wearing shorts all day while working out of my bedroom. While Nicholas is more optimistic on the prospects for poorer great office buildings than I am, I agree that if pandemic-related restrictions are eased further, more people will commute to the physical office. Perhaps the CBD will be vibrant in the year of the tiger. Let's hear again from Wong Xianyang, Head of Research Singapore at Cushman and Wakefield. For the broad office market will stand to gain, great A offices, especially those within key office markets, which has a critical mass of businesses and a wide range of amenities, will be key beneficiaries. A return to the office would boost vibrancy in key office markets such as the CBD, leading to increased spontaneous meetings, interactions which would fuel innovation and facilitate business. Also, the design of the office plays an important role. A well-designed office within a top-quality development with strong placemaking elements can drive creativity and productivity. Given an increasing focus on sustainability, occupiers will be increasingly selective on their office requirements. And indeed, we are already seeing strong demand for top-quality offices. Great A CBD office rents have rebounded in 2021, and demand has almost recovered to pre-pandemic levels. There are investors who are bullish on big office towers here. A transaction was announced this year of the sale of commercial assets Cross Street Exchange in Singapore CBD for $811 million, which is at a premium to book value of 28%. Also, major developers such as City Developments are spending significant capital expenditure to redevelop some of the existing older buildings in the CBD. I have spent much of my life working in the CBD. I do hope for the hawker centres, restaurants, drinking halls, gyms and retailers serving the CBD that vibrancy returns. Let's hope that we can have a vibrant CBD, as well as vibrant decentralised office districts 
in areas such as Paya Lebar, Jurong and Tampines. The future of work will involve elements of the physical office and remote working. The jury is still out on the relevance of physical offices as employers, employees, commercial building owners and building managers see how best the physical office can play a role in this future. Can the office be safe, comfortable, fun, inspiring, peaceful, great for productivity and conducive to mental health? The world of work is being disrupted. But we are social creatures who like to interact, have great office spaces, and new batches of recruits could be happily commuting to the office as we learn to live with COVID. For those new to the workforce, interacting in person at the office with experienced colleagues can be invaluable for picking up knowledge and building social capital. And that's a wrap for this podcast by The Business Times. I'm Leslie Yee. Do join us next month for the brand new Property BT podcast where you'll get insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services or information of any third parties.